Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hola, amigos. This is Ray Hudson from B in Sports and Sirius XMFC, and you are listening to Barça Talk. Today in Barça Talk, FC Barcelona loses El Clásico against Real Madrid in a very even match decided by a very polemic VAR penalty call on Sergio Ramos. What's going to happen now with Ronald Koeman? Is he going to keep believing in the young guys in the squad? Let's talk about it today on Barca Talk. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Barca Talk, part of the Blaugranagram Podcast Network. I'm Alejandro Villegas in Miami. It's, it's a little bit sunny today. And joining me today from the Western United States, a little sad, a little mad, a little bit of everything is Sergio Rodriguez. Sergio, man, how are you? Alejandro, what's up, brother? Man, it, it was it was a difficult day yesterday with 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 Barca. With Madrid does it again, right? It's it's, yes. it's it's not called La Liga. It's called La Liga Madrileña. That's what we're seeing here this year. It's 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 amazing what 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 Madrid gets away with. I know, I know. It's it's uh, and you were talking to me about how rough of a day it was because later on on the World Series game for your Dodgers, it was also a, a little bit of a, a mess right there losing that game. So one of those days in sports when you're like, oh man, it's just not going my way, right? It was one of those days for me yesterday, man. The the Barca game started off really on the wrong foot, and then uh, with the Dodgers late last night, it was uh, it was diff it was a difficult day. Took a couple of shots and went to sleep like a baby. <laughs> well, before going and diving into uh, the game, the actual game, I wanted to talk to you about watching El Clasico without fans. It was the first time we get to watch uh, FC Barcelona facing Real Madrid. At Camp Nou with nobody there in the stands or or anywhere because the last classical was uh, Santiago Bernabeu and we, we still had people there. I think it was around February or March. I don't remember the exact date. But watching El Clasico with nobody there, it felt a little weird, right? A little different uh, watching it that way. Yeah, you know, it, it it takes away from the the grandeur of the game, right? You know, yeah. the the pomp and circumstance there. It was missing, and you can feel it. Like it's, you know, when it, the mm -hmm. game started, you're like, "Where's everybody at? Where's where's the emotion?" Right? The emotion was what was missing, you know, and and you just didn't get it from the TV. It was just, it was like any other La Liga game. So it was it wasn't that special, especially with both teams coming underperforming, right? Yeah, and it's going to be even a little bit more rough watching El Clásico there when they play at Valdebebas. That's going to be like a, it's going to seem like a practice match and not uh, El Clásico, right? So let's dive into what happened uh, on Saturday morning. Uh, early game, especially for you guys on that side of the United States, a little bit earlier 
to really wake up and, and watch a game. And Koeman surprised us with uh, uh, Pedri playing as a starter instead of Griezmann. What do you think about the starting lineup? Sergio Roberto wasn't there. It was Serginho Dest. So Alba went to the left side. So uh, before talking about the game, the actual game, uh, what do you make about this starting lineup from Koeman? You know what? I, I gave Coleman credit. You know, he changes it up. Right. You know, so when I saw the the first thing I, I wanted to look was was the fullbacks. What was going on? You know, Alba was recovering. So yeah. he slotted him on the left side. And then the big thing was Serginho Dest on, as the right back. So he replaced uh, uh, Sergio Roberto. And we saw that coming. Right. We saw Serginho is very, very fast. He is a fully capable defensive uh, 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 right back. And and that substitution, you could see, was made to counter Vinicius and Mendy. Like even Pedri, right? Even Pedri as a right wing. I could yeah. see Coleman is looking at, 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 at Madrid and looking at, at Mendy and Vinicius and trying to figure out how to stop that speed because they are very, very fast. So I could see why he placed Pedri there. Even though Pedri is not productive – He's going to track back. He has the speed. He has the young legs to do that dirty work. So so you saw Sadest, you saw Pedri, and then on the left wing, you saw Coutinho, <laughs> which we know two years ago he played there for a full season and is not productive, right? And and yeah. uh, so so that, that, that is that. And then we saw Ansifati, right? He was playing the nine, you know, and we heard, you know, we heard that he could play it. So so that was a surprise. You know, uh, we have we, we have a problem at the nine. We don't have a nine. Uh, so he was there and Messi was slotted at the 10. Uh, the other surprise, I guess not a surprise, but we know, we know Coleman is, is loves Busquets. Mm-hmm. You know, your favorite guy, Alejandro Busquets. I know. I know. He, he, he was there in the double pivot, right? And uh, that, that was alarming, you know, especially since Pjanic was, played the last game. And, and we saw, you know, uh, that, you know that, yeah, he, he can play that position. And Busquets was given the slot. And uh, that's a liability, right? So, so that was a formation there, and we saw Madrid did not play Marcelo, yeah. And they played Nacho was the right back. So right away you're like, okay, we gotta attack that position, right? Mm-hmm. So, but Ansi Fati's playing the nine; he's not playing the left wing. So we're not gonna fully attack it. Maybe attack it with Alba, right? If he's fit, yeah. we're gonna maybe attack it that way. But Nacho was our priority, and that's where we should attack, right? So that's yeah. that's the formation. Uh, that I saw. What, what do you think, Alejandro? What, what did you see? Yeah, I mean, with the Busquets thing, I get to talk about it every week because Truman <laughs> just loves him. And I guess he's the starter there now. I, I thought uh, Pjanic coming from from Juventus was going to be the, the starting guy there. We saw, when, when I saw him in the starting lineup against the Champions League, I was like, okay, he's just putting Pjanic there so Busquets can play El Clasico. So I was like, oh, mm. you know, I, I, I saw that coming. But I was happy, I, the same thing that you just mentioned, happy to see Serginho Dest, how he's an actu- like an actual right back. You can see the, the way he moves, the way he plays, how, how much of a... a, a a, a really attacking player he can be and and how fast he is. And, and you can tell Sergio Roberto is not a right back. I mean, no. I, I would play him in midfield and that's it. That's his natural position. And, and I don't know if he's going to get a lot of minutes there, especially with the love that Kubner has for Busquets. But that 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 would be my position for him. And, and thank you for your service, but you're not going to play right back anymore because we have this guy now so I was happy to see that I was happy to see Alba again being productive on the offensive side because we can and and we'll go through through the goals through the uh, to see what happened in each goal and 
it's what Alba gives you. A lot of good uh, attacking possessions and then some spaces in the back. And, and we'll talk about it a little bit later. And and then in the attack, I, I was surprised that Griezmann didn't start. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I thought he was going to start. I thought he was going to be given the, the chance to actually prove that he can be there. And he was not. But But you know what? I think Barcelona has been playing better and better. I want to get away a little bit from the actual uh, score and what happened, especially in the second half, and, and we'll dive into that. But I think Barca is playing a little bit better and better. They're, they're, I, I see the team yeah. understand a little bit better what they are about. I know they're still struggling to play the full 90 minutes at the same pace. That's that's still an issue, and, and Kuman was not a, a magician to just change everything. That's going to be still the issue until you refresh in all the positions. But I overall, I was happy with the with the starting lineup because I saw, you know what? This is a very competitive lineup, and he's going for it. I mean, he started two yeah. very young guys, and you know what? They performed. I know uh, Pedri, Pedri maybe wasn't as flashy as he was against the Ferran Barros in the Champions League, but he was doing that job, and that job was... Uh, uh, primarily his uh, duty on Saturday because we knew Mendy and Vinicius can be very dangerous, especially getting the ball to your box. So that was very good from them. So I was happy with the way that Kuman uh, started this El Clásico. I, I agree, Alejandro. And, and the incremental improvement you can see in each game. So he was making little changes and he was seeing how it all synchronized, right? And how they are all coordinating. So we were hoping to see, uh, he did tweak it, right? So we did not lose the game because of these changes. We did yeah. not lose the game because of, of Coutinho at the left wing or uh, Pedri on the right wing. What we were also seeing in these previous games was incremental mistakes by our defensive line. Mm -hmm. Right. We were seeing Lenglet slapping people. We were seeing Piquet <laughs> getting red carded and we, we saw it again. So that that was starting to worry. Yeah. The other thing we were noticing is the double pivot was not covering our center backs. Yeah. Right. They, well, your favorite guy, Busquets, he, he's, just, <laughs> he's not going to track back and he's old. And Dijon is everywhere and nowhere. So it's kind of interesting where because Dijon, he's not our anchor. Busquets is our anchor. So yeah. Busquets is there. He's there offensively. He's in the correct position. It's about 60% of Busquets offensively. You know, he's giving away a lot of balls. Defensively, it's about 20% of the Busquets that we know. And that's where our biggest liability. And that's, I believe, that the incremental uh, uh, you know, decreases in our, in our defensive line and our in our in our cover with our double pivot. Our lack of cover is a liability, and that's probably where we lost the game. Yeah, I, I mean, I, and we can go through the goals. So minute five, it's a, it's a ball through, and Valverde gets into the box, and nobody's there. Alba was covering. Uh, he went way up, so Lenglet had to cover on the left side, and that was a space right there. And you know what? At the time, Valverde gives the pass to his right. He passes the ball to his right and then goes to the box immediately and he was right by Busquets. Busquets just didn't follow the, the play and, and that was the, the huge mistake because it really changed the, the way the game started and, and gave Real Madrid an early lead. It didn't last a lot. I mean, it was a couple of minutes only. But still, it, it would have been way better if that first goal from Barca comes and Barca is winning 1-0 against Real Madrid and, and, and it changes a lot of what went on there. So, That first mistake by Busquets, and and we know we've talked about it. I guess we we can go over and over. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if Kuman. Here's what what I want to see Kuman 
and see if he he's going to do the same as he did to Griezmann, which was, you know what, you, you're not playing well, you're going to the bench. Well, we'll see if he does that to, to Busquets now because, and you know what, maybe he doesn't play against Juventus on, on Wednesday, but then we're going to see him again in La Liga. That's that's what I, I expect from Kuman uh, this week, but I don't know if, if we're going to change anything there, but it was clear that that goal, that specific goal came because Busquets was not there doing the coverage. So when I was looking at that play, you know, uh, Alba was out of position. So yeah. it wasn't that he was out of position. It was that the defensive transition back, right? Yeah. If you lose the ball offensively, now you have to transition back. So Alba couldn't transition back. Langlet had a cover for him, yeah. you know, and then Piquet had a shift over. Uh, what's his name? Benzema got the ball. So mm-hmm. Piquet had to you know, had to encounter him, had to step up. So guess what happened? Valverde pushes in. Busquets yeah. is not there. He's not going to trip. Even Busquets looked back and pointed <laughs> like, somebody take him. There's nobody else. <laughs> like, Sergio Des has he's on the other side. Yeah. And, yeah, so he was wide open and, and he nailed it, you know. So so our, our transition defense is, is not there. It's not fast enough. And the double pivot is not covering for the center back. So, you know, it goes back to Busquets. He's just not there. And Coleman has a boner for this dude. Uh, obviously, <laughs> the guy is a legend. He is, yeah. he is a Barca legend. But similar to how Iniesta uh, was substituted, right? You brought him in in the 65th minute. They yeah. are legends. But you have to transition away from him. And and. And hopefully, maybe Coleman got the message that it's just not working out. And he's making these incremental changes. And I hope this is one of the changes where it just the flag is there, like we're sinking. Yeah. Like you, you can't continue with this. Yeah, this is the type of match when you're like, okay, it's not working against the best teams in La Liga or in Europe. So we should maybe mix it up a little bit. Okay, so Barcelona tied the game real fast. Messi, a great pass to Jordi Alba, that one of our favorite combinations there throughout the last couple of years. And then uh, Alba with a great cross and Ansu Fati, he's, he's just there. And he's he's always, he. I mean, he he gets a lot of goals and that's, you have to love that from, from Ansu Fati. That's what makes him stand out from Dembele, from Pedri, from uh, Trincao, from all the other guys that are good. They're good players, but Fati has that goal instinct, right? He's there yeah. and he's always ready to to score. And, and he didn't uh, hesitate. He scored that goal. And those first 10 minutes, man, that was very exciting. I know you were talking about yeah. how bad these two teams were playing before coming to this game. So a lot of people were not very uh, with a lot of high expectation, right? Because you know these two teams are not in their best shape. But those uh, that first half was actually very fun to watch because you know what? It wasn't like the high pressure that happened uh, three or four years ago when it, it was hard to actually get to play. It was both teams uh, just waiting for the other team to create and and then t- try to counter attack. So here is where. One of the plays that, in my opinion, was a key moment in this game, minute 22-23, when Messi gets the ball, he just crushes uh, Sergio Ramos' uh, hip. I don't know what happened there. Sergio Ramos is like, whoa, Messi went to the right and not to the left. Messi was there with the goal, and then he tried to shoot to the first post, and Courtois makes a great, great save. I think that was a key moment for the game. 
Right after that, Madrid gets another shot. Benzema in a, in a counterattack, and Neto was there to to actually stop that play. So that moment, I think it was key because, I mean, you, you talked about the mailman the last the last time we t we, we were here, right, at Barca top. But I think Messi had a very good, very very good first half, especially the first half. In the second half, the entire team uh, went a little bit down, especially after the the Sergio Ramos goal. But in that first half, I think we saw a little bit of that old Messi, right? Yeah, I, I think Messi was pretty productive, right? Uh, I think he was trying to make things happen. He was passing the ball. He was getting in the box, right? Yeah. He was, so so here's the thing again, right? This, the, the scouting report on Barcelona is we're going to attack down the middle. So mm -hmm. Madrid knew that, and it has the two the two perros, savages, these these dogs. They have <laughs> Ramos and Casemiro. And, yeah. and, you know, before the game, I was wondering, okay, how – You know, always for me is how much is the ref going to let these guys get away with killing Messi? Because yeah. every Clásico is like that, you know. So Casimiro was a pig. So he was going to, you, you saw him. He, he slid from behind. He was trying to hurt him. That's what Casimiro does. Messi yeah. already knows that. Ramos, he, he was, he's playing a bit smarter. He's coming off an injury. He wasn't mm -hmm. attacking as much. He was laying off. But Messi was getting to the box and he was getting fouled. So he was getting fouled from behind. He was getting stepped on and there was no calls. Yeah, there was one. I think Casimiro did get the ball and he followed through and hit him. But yeah. he was so so the ref was not going to give him the cause. It's like, okay, you're laying that foundation for playing physical in the box, right? You're laying that foundation. Mm -hmm. like, okay, so let's have it both ways, right? Let's get in there. So so the first half was was yeah, it, it was not it was a good game. It was dynamic, it was a boxing match. They were sparring, they were yeah. feeling each out. I thought Barcelona was more dominant, you know, mm -hmm. and uh I thought that we had liability down the middle when Madrid attacked. Time and time again, I would see, you know, Valverde coming in there or Cruz slotting a ball. And I was like, uh oh, you know, because Des had had Vinicius pretty much, you know, defended, you know, yeah. so, so Pedri and Vini and, and Des were doing their job over there. So it was just now the other side, what was going on. And and once again, we had defensive liabilities in, in that double pivot. The second half, like you said, it started off great. Oh, yes. my God. We were attacking. It, it was beautiful. Boom, 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 boom. And, and we had our chances, right? We just we just couldn't uh, nail it. Uh, then the, the penalty came. Let's talk about that. Okay. Before before <laughs> before going into VAR, because I know you guys that were expecting this oh, moment Alejandro, to talk about it. Yes. I forgot to say the, the goal. So you are it was an it was a nice pass. It was Messi passed that over the top to Alba. Yeah. Alba uh uh cross back to uh, Ansu Fati. So these are some of the positive with Fati, right? Yeah. Instead of playing as a left wing, we have a true nine. You know, a true nine that's there, that that is competing with the center backs, that is pressuring them and is there to beat the line and, and meet that cross back and then cut back and, and slot it into the goal. That's one of the benefits. And that's what we don't have. Right. We don't have a true nine. However, we lost the left wing. Yeah. So it's some of the it, it's 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 a pros and cons. Right. It's a double edged sword. You gain here, but you lose there. And uh, maybe we see this more often now in going forward that that maybe we have Fati play the nine. Right. Yeah, we'll see, and, and we'll see if if Koeman wants to do I don't know the Dembélé going over that left wing and then Fat in the middle. Even though Dembélé loses a lot of balls, but we saw what he can do in the Champions League, so that's an option, and and we'll see what Koeman does going uh, forward. So, like you said, the the start of the second half was great, right? Uh, Fatty admit around the the fiftieth minute had a, a cross uh, a shot that was a little wide. Then Coutinho had the header. Uh, coming from a fatty cross 
that that was another key moment because that looked like a goal for sure. And I was like, no, they just missed another open shot. So it could have been three one at this point. If you if if Messi can score that goal in the first half and Coutinho scores this one, maybe it's a three one game. And Barcelona was better in the first uh, 55, 60 minutes of the game. I, I'm yeah. I'm sure of that. So before we go into the uh, VAR polemic and all that. Let's let's do a little quick break. The Blagrana Ground Podcast Network has two other podcasts in its network dedicated to FC Barcelona. The Driven Shot, hosted by Omar Hawash. It's a podcast about the news of FC Barcelona. If you want to hear in-depth analysis in Spanish about FC Barcelona, join Mariana Guzman and Alejandro Villegas, that's myself, on ADN Barça. And if you want daily audio and video content from our combined team, join our Patreon community and help support our growing podcast network. Click on the link in the show notes to become a patron today. All right, coming back, second half. The Barcelona is playing better than Real Madrid. And I even tweeted on the other in the Barca account, like, okay, Barca is better than Real Madrid right now, but it's still 1-1. We need to score the goal, to actually score the goal and go ahead uh, in the score. And then this play happened, right? A, a stupid foul close to the box. We know Real Madrid, one of the strengths of this team is actually this type of crosses and the headers and and the VAR. We have to talk about it. So, uh, I mean, I saw the replay. I watched it live. Live, it didn't look like a foul to me. Then I saw what Lenglet did with the with the uniform, pulling the Ramos a little bit. But then I saw another couple of replays, and I see how Ramos pushes Lenglet before the Lenglet uh, actually grabs Ramos back. So, What's your take on this? Do you think it's, I mean, any other team in Spain gets this call at Camp Nou? That's why they're called Madrid. You know, <laughs> this, is, this is why we love Barcelona. We are the underdog in this country. In Spain, we are the underdog in this league. You know, anytime it goes to VAR, it's going to go in Madrid's favor. Yeah. That's just, you You are playing against the odds, and, and, and we know that. We know that going in. So the thing is, when we started the game, they were playing very physical in the box, right? The the ref was allowing it. It was like, okay, you know, you, you got to have it both ways. And and we know, you know, like you mentioned, Madrid is, is very good at set pieces, very good in crosses. That's how they score their goals. And, uh, yeah, so, so Ramos, being the pig that he is, he pushed off. And Lenglet, you know, got caught with his hands in the cookie jar, you know, and, <laughs> and it's a juvenile foul, you know, and it happens a lot in every sport. Right. It's yeah. not the first offender that gets caught. It's the second offender in retaliation that always gets caught. And and we're seeing this with our with our, our center backs. You know, we're seeing the deterioration in their performance. Right. In the previous games, whether it's Lenglet or Piquet, it just happening more and more. And in this case, you know, it. it He did grab the jersey. There is no doubt. Yeah. Ramos dived. He sold it, right? He even dove to the wrong side. It was He's like, an oh. expert selling this type of foul. Yeah, and th that's what he does, you know. And uh, the ref, I don't think he even called it. I thought he was just letting the play go, and then he got the call from VAR, like, yeah. hey, uh, Florentino Perez called us. He <laughs> us know that, hey, we should have called it. Bring it back. He paused the game. They went to view it, and He called it. He called the PK. And unfortunately for us, it didn't go our way. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, when, once you see the, once you watch the replay, if Lenglet dives once it, Ramos pushes it, maybe he sells that foul and we get the foul, the offensive foul, and that's it. And that plays over because, and, and that's the, the tricky parts of this sport, right? You have to know how to sell it. Ramos 
of course, that was a flop. And I'm not, um, I don't like flops in any sports. I hated it when it happened a lot in this NBA playoffs. And, and I hate it now that I'm watching it in, in soccer. And, but sometimes you have to sell it. And Lenglet was just not clever in that play. Because if you dive, if you feel that the attacking players pushing you a little bit and you dive, you know the ref is going to just get away with it and just, you know what? We're going uh, an offensive foul and that's it. So, yes, yeah, so like you said, it's it's not news. I, I tweeted this. It's not news Real Madrid actually getting uh, a call like this in, in any scenario. But in, we, we just hadn't seen it in a, El Clasico, right? I guess that's the first time uh, Real Madrid gets a, a penalty kick in El Clasico because of that. So that's, that's the only news there. But... Other than that, we we also saw like Real Betty saying like, look, and, yeah. and they posted both both pictures in their in their Twitter profile because they say, look, they, they didn't call this play against us as a penalty kick uh, for Betis, and then they called this in El Clasico for Real Madrid. So, uh, you know, it's it just happens often, and the thing is, we kind of get used to it, but it it did affect the the rest of the game because it changed everything. It was the best moment for FC Barcelona. Uh, Barca was dominating the game and then it just switched momentum over to Real Madrid because they, I mean, Barca just missed a couple of good shots and then Real Madrid gets the actual goal and that changed just entirely the, the rest of the the game. Right. It it, it changed the game and, um, you know, going going after, after the penalty kick, uh, you know, we were trying to play catch up, right? Now yeah. the tactics didn't change, you know, and, and, and we were trying, we were trying, we were going back and forth. And unfortunately, Coleman just waited and waited and waited yeah. till the 81st minute to make mm -hmm. any change. <clears throat> and we saw Alba was gassed. He was gassed after the first half. He, he just yeah. didn't have it anymore. He So there was a liability over there. And Leglet and Piquet had to still cover. And, 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 and it, it, it was it was more obvious now. So so Madrid was attacking more. We were attacking more. And. It, it was a stalemate and we had to make changes and about the, you know, the, the penalty kick was at the 63rd minute. I was thinking, okay, we're going to make changes right now. We have to go on yeah. the fully offensive. Alejandro, we didn't No, didn't make any changes. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, I don't know. It's the same disease that Valverde and Tepien <laughs> had, right. They just, I don't know why. I mean, you have nine minutes. You, I mean, and I say this every time, if your team's losing, at the 65th or 70th minute, that's the time. You know what? It's not working. Let's do something different. We're not getting the score that we deserve. That's it. Let's do something different. We have the guys there. We had great, well, all the guys that came in, Dembele, Griezmann, Braithwaite, whatever he wanted to do, or Trincao, any of those guys that, that came up in the, in the last couple of minutes, that's fine. But give them more time to actually make an impact in the game, right? That would be my my critic to Kuman's way of, of actually managing the second half. Because you know what? That that We knew that could happen. That could happen, right? Real Madrid getting a penalty kick, whatever. But you have to be ready for that. Okay, what, right. what, what am I going to do to try to change this? And it was, I mean, to me, it was... I mean, it's not Kuman's fault that we lost, but we, I mean, he could have done something different to try to change what, what the dynamic of the game because we saw that, okay, Barca, it, it's always hard for Barca to actually finish the games the same way they start the games, right? So why not just let the starters, especially in, in attacking positions, you know what? You guys are, we're losing the 65th 
70th minute why not okay let's let's change it up a little bit and and let's try to do something different to try to get those goals that we needed especially because it was Coleman's pattern yeah. of making the subs at the 65th minute that was what he was doing and in this game he he's he didn't follow his 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 what he was his history right so he waited to the 81st minute and and culés all over the world were shouting <laughs> i could hear them i was like make the change make the change yeah. and he did not he was sitting and waiting and, and you have to wonder you know you, usually you prepare for this right when 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 you come up with the game plan you're like okay what happens if, if i fall back in this minute what changes yeah. are going to what happens if I go forward? What changes are made? Or if I fall back or somebody gets red carded, what, what changes are going to make? And mm-hmm. I saw there was a lack of preparation there. He did not he did not react to what the culés were expecting. And and I fault him for that. I was like, what happened? You know, and then when he did react, he put in three substitutions and that's never going to work. Right. Sometimes yeah, incremental substitutions so they can get in the flow of the game. And the guy that was tired out was Alba. He was still in the game. Yeah, yeah. He, he, I mean, he, he was taken out of the 87th minute. That's, I mean, so I think it was Braithwaite who came in for him. So Braithwaite had like six, five or six minutes to actually get to play. So Barcelona, I, I mean, Kuman, I guess he tried to be aggressive, but it was a little bit of a mess. So this is the way Barcelona ended up this game. It was Serginho Dest, Piquet and Lenglet. That was a three in the back. And then we had De Young and Coutinho in the middle. And then in front, we have everybody else right it was like a three two five just going crazy and and we actually didn't get any shots there because it was just just a mess i guess you could have a messy a little back too so it's i guess a three three four if you want to put it that way with uh, i don't know trincao who else was there trincao dembele uh, i think griezmann and braithwaite i think it was the the last four that, that were there at that point so i think it was a little bit too much too late right it feels yeah. that way so you know, an observation that, that I'm starting to see with, with Dembele is when you put him on the left wing, he's not effective. Mm-hmm. And he's more effective on the right wing. And it, it must be a left brain, right brain thing. And he's ambidextrous. And it, 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 I don't know, but he's just not performing well on the left wing. You know, on the right wing, he's Dembezi. He go at him. He will attack. On the left wing, he's Dembele. He just regresses. <laughs> like, no, I don't want Dumbele. I want Dembezi. Get him on the right wing. And that's what I'm seeing with him, you know. And another thing is we're not utilizing is we have one strategy. Go down the middle. We are not utilizing a counterattacking strategy for some reason. When we have fast, you know, fast players, we have Dembezi. If you put him on the right wing, he is fast and he will strike terror on the, on the center backs, you know. And, yeah. and Ansu Fati is fast. So why don't we use a counter-attacking strategy where let, let's get them in, let's get Madrid in, like let's get the lines back it up and let's suck them in and then let's attack. Let's get them busy out there and Fati to attack. And we're yeah. not utilizing that. So, it, it, you know, you you kind of kind of think, okay, you know, Coleman's making these incremental changes. We're seeing improvements. And in some instances, he's regressing. You know, he's not taking advantages. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping he gets that all coordinated and figures it out going forward. Yeah, so now with this loss, Real Madrid gets to 13 points. Barcelona has only seven with a game uh, to play, or well, two games to play. Real Madrid has one game to play. And at the moment that we are recording this, uh, they are still playing some uh, games via Real. If they win their game, they can go over Madrid. And Atletico has 11 points, and they have also a couple of games uh, to play left. So this is going to be shuffling a lot. And we have... 
different teams with different amount of games. So don't don't get too caught up on it. But Barcelona, it's in the 12th place right now, along with Sevilla, the two of the teams that were playing the best soccer in the first couple of games. So coming now, uh, going forward, right? Uh, you wanted to say uh, something about this? Well, I, I you know, when you, when you summarize the league, you know, uh, Sevilla lost, but Atletico won. So, so you know, this, this season is you're making it kind of like when Leicester won in the EPL, mm -hmm. it is a type of season where the underdogs are going to win, right? Where you have Atletico, Sevilla, probably the, the two after, after Real Madrid and Barcelona are going to make a run at the La Liga. Mm -hmm. And, and it, you know, it's going to happen. We're going to see it because the two top teams are underperforming, right? Yes. And, and Atletico and Sevilla, they, they have the players, they have the tactics, they have the coach, they can do it. And this might be the season of, of the Atletico and the Sevilla getting that top spot. And we're going to be fighting for that Champions League fourth place finish. And it's going to get dirty, you know, because we're already dropping points. Yeah. We're dropping, we're bleeding points and we're hoping Coleman could, could stop the bleeding, you know, make the double pivot work. Get out Busquets and let's let's have some cover for the center backs. I don't think he's going to put in Araujo to mm -hmm. for, for Piquet. You know, Piquet's 33. He's going to go on 34 in, in February, you know. Uh, but we're seeing some deterioration on, on our center back. So I'm hoping he's going to stop the bleeding there, coordinate what we're doing up front. You know, there there is some positives, right? We, we saw Ansu, Ansu Fati at the nine. We saw Des for sure as the right back of the future, and he's keeping that position. Uh, so there are positives. We only lost by a, by a VAR decision. Yeah. We only lost by a bad VAR decision. So it wasn't that bad. The, the goal by, uh, Modric at the end was inconsequential. Whether you lose by two goals or three goals, it doesn't matter. Yeah. We went for the win. So we only lost by, by a, a bad call. And I think there was improvement that we can build on going forward. Yeah. And especially looking at the Real Madrid schedule right now, they had the easy part of the schedule on this time and Barca had to actually face a very rough rivals. They had to face Getafe, who's a very hard uh, team to play against Sevilla and Real Madrid after the Champions League. So now it's going to be Real Madrid's turn. They have to play uh, a lot of critical games coming forward. So they have to go to play uh, Borussia. Then they have to play Inter. They have to play Valencia, Villarreal. All of those are going to be in a straight Uh, calendar so I'm sure they're going to drop points there they're also going to have to face Sevilla and Atletico de Madrid before this year ends so it's going to be a rough calendar for Real Madrid coming uh, up soon and Barcelona has some sort of a similar situation but uh, some of the rivals are not as as complicated for them but they still have to play like like you said uh, Piquet is not playing on on Wednesday because he got the red card but uh, Uh, he, he will be playing against uh, Alaves uh, next Saturday. Then uh, um, let me see exactly what the next game after that is going to be. So I get you guys the exact uh, calendar for Barcelona because I was looking at it yesterday. I was like, okay, what's coming now for Barca? Because I feel like, uh, you know what? It, we knew when, when we saw the calendar, we, we knew like, okay, this is a bad part of the calendar and it's coming straight, straight, straight to us. Uh, here in 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 this first part of the season, so it's Juventus on Wednesday, Alaves on Saturday, Dinamo Kiev, the, the very next Wednesday, Betis. So it goes down a little bit there, and then uh, on November twenty second, we have Atlético de Madrid. That's going to be a rough game. Uh, Dinamo on the twenty fourth. Well, that might change because it's just a couple of days after that. Osasuna, Ferencvaros, Cadiz. So you know it's, it goes down a little bit. 
and Real Madrid goes up. So th this is going to be a, a very rough uh, fight there for the Champions League and for the title in Spain. So to finish this, Sergio, I wanted to talk about the, the Champions League matchup, right? We know Piqué is not going to be there. I assume Busquets is not going to be there, but <laughs> we never know with uh, Kuman. And I would like to see Pjanic playing against Juventus, you know, that, that little bit of a, uh, a special situation there. But who's going to play in the attacking position? What would be your strategy? Uh, like, because, I don't know, Kuman's strategy has been Trincao in the Champions League and Pedri in La Liga in this last week, right? Do you think he's going to do the same uh, for next week and Griezmann is not going to get to start? That That's going to be an interesting call, right? Because, uh, you know, Coutinho is not going to play either. Uh, he has a yeah. hamstring injury. Right. So now you got the, the left and right wing that's going to be up for grabs. So if if you leave Fati at the nine or you play him on, on the left wing, then you, you know, if you play him on the left wing, then you pin Griezmann at the at the nine. Right. Uh, and that, I wouldn't mind seeing Dembizi or Trincao on mm. the uh, on the right wing, you know, because uh, because they're just that. They're that effective on the right wing. And what you saw in the previous game is we kind of went away from that right wing where we played we played the majority in the Champions League game at the right wing. So we kind of lost that. So I hope we recover that, you know. Uh, so maybe Pedri plays for uh, for uh, Coutinho on the left, Fati at the nine. And, and you know, you might have to throw Griezmann a bone and, and put him mm -hmm. at the right wing uh, and then substitute him out with, with Dembizi. Uh, on the pivots... I agree with you. We have to start putting Pjanic in. You know, there is no doubt Busquets is a liability. Enough is enough. Uh, we have to make – Frankie Dijon has to be the anchor. He has to be the focal point. When he was effective at Ajax, that's what he was. Now, granted, at Ajax, you had – a, a defensive-minded player alongside with him in the double pivot. Yeah. And we don't have that. You know, we don't have Van Bommel. We don't have Macherano. <laughs> we don't have my favorite pig, Rafa Marquez. Right. We don't have these kind of defensive players to cover for the center backs. We have two offensive-minded uh, in the pivot. So I'm hoping if you make Frankie, Frankie Dijon that anchor, right, he's able to retreat back and cover and sometimes become that third center back, slotting in between the two CDs, yeah. you know. And that's where he, what he did at Ajax. So maybe he has to become that anchor where, where Coleman is using Busquets now. And I think uh, if you place him there, you keep Des at the right back. Or, or you may have to bring in Sergio Roberto at the right back and switch desk to the left back. Because Alba, you know, he's he's good for 45 minutes. He's, be <laughs> you know, he's becoming a liability there. So, so obviously we're going to have Araujo playing as a center back. So it, it's going to be interesting, you know. And on the Juventus side, I saw them play the last Champions League game, and they're, they're having some center back issues. You know, Delete was injured. Uh, they're not using him as much. Kelini had to come out. Yeah. Uh, but they're very dynamic, you know. I don't think uh, Bernardo's going to play this no, game. No, no. Cristiano's not, is not uh, healthy yet. He still has the COVID. Yeah, so so when I saw them play, they were very dynamic. You know, they were play they would play the flanks or they were they would go down the middle. Uh they're gonna be very interesting. They're gonna pose a problem. You know, uh we're gonna, you know, I'm I'm hoping we use the right more because then we're just gonna play our same old strategy, right? Play down the middle, right into the, the Juventus uh strengths, and that you know, they they play defensively, they play to to the center backs, mm -hmm. they play down the middle. So so why are we gonna do that, right? It's it's not gonna makes sense yeah what i want to do i want to see Dest stay on the right side just give him that continuity so he can 
understand uh, what's going on there on the right side and, and get him used to play that position, right? I know Alba is not going to be available. I don't know if, if Firpo is going to be an option, but if, if you have to play Dest on the left side and Roberto on the right side, it, it's going to be weird, like, uh, right? Playing Champions League in the middle of the week on the left side and then La Liga on the right side. I don't know. I, I don't feel like it's going to be good for Des at this point or for the team because we know Des is it, it's just a better right back than Roberto is and, and you lose him a little bit when he goes to the left side. He can play both positions fine. He's an ambidextrous anyway, but I don't know. I want to see him more on the right. In the middle, like I said, I want to see Pjanic. Uh, I don't know. We have some guys there that haven't had any minutes like Alinha. Like, uh, even Puch can play a little bit. I don't know if he's going to play him right now against Juventus, but maybe against Alaves in La Liga in, in the in the future, right? Maybe he plays Busquets against Juventus and, and gets the young guys a little bit more minutes or even Pjanic more minutes uh, in the during the weekend. So I want to see that rotation a little bit more because Frankie de Jong hasn't rested a lot in these games either. He's played, uh, I think, uh, most of the minutes this season so far. So he got, he has to rest a little bit too. Uh, he can't be playing all the games all the time. We have to rotate a little bit there. And I don't know if Juventus is going to be the team to rotate, but maybe in La Liga against Alaves. Yeah. That seems like a good, a good game to actually try something different. I don't know. We'll see if he tries Dembele on the right, if he tries Griezmann as a Coutinho, maybe that could be another option. I mean, Griezmann was complaining about how good he was feeling Uh, in France and how they didn't use him that way in Barcelona. So here, Kuman has a chance to maybe give him a shot at that position. He's gonna, he's gonna have to. You know, we we have too many tens, and, and that's ultimately the problem. And the four-two-three-one is not lending itself to all yeah. these these type of players. You know, and, and I'm hoping maybe against Alaves, he might he might try a different formation. You know, he maybe the four-three-one-two because uh, Griezmann plays best as a shadow striker. Right. Mm -hmm. He plays best behind a nine. Yeah. So if you have Ansu Fati up top and Greece as the shadow and you have Messi working the, the, the 10 spot. Right. Uh, so the four, three, one, two, and then the three in the midfield, maybe you have Frankie uh, Pjanic and maybe Dembizi on the right. Right. Mm -hmm. to, to, to provide that speed. You know, it's 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 a different tactic, you know, and, and, and I'm not quite sold that that the double pivot, this four, two, three, one is going to work for us, you know. Yeah. Uh, we might have to try, Coleman might have to try something different because if 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 you play Fati at the nine, then Coutinho and Griezmann are not utilized at their best positions, right? right. They're not even utilized, not even at their best positions, at their secondary best positions, you know, because because Messi is the ten, and and we're not changing that. No, uh, so so we got to see incremental improvements and and more uh, uh, coordination with our top uh, offensive players. Hopefully that's what happens now. Uh, it's still early in the season, so don't get too crazy. The Barcelona team still has 33 games to play in La Liga, so don't get too scared when you see Barca six points away from Real Madrid. It's still early in the season, and we still have... Uh, live in all the different tournaments. So thank you guys for joining us today. It was a very fun episode talking about El Clasico and what's coming up for FC Barcelona in the Champions League. And we'll see what Ronald Koeman does here in the near future. Okay, Sergio, thank you very much. And we'll see you next time. Hasta luego. 
Barca Talk is a production of Sounded Media with social media and promotion by 2.0 and part of the Blaugranagram Podcast Network. Until next time, Visca Barca. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.